This episode of Data Mesh Radio is brought to you in conjunction with Next Data, the startup Jamak Dehani, the creator of Data Mesh, formed to focus on many of the challenges we discuss here in Jamak's Corner. As she states in her post announcing the company, if you are a rebel who shares our cause, a data leader who wants to adopt and help design our technology, or an investor interested in shaping the future of analytics and AI, we invite you to get involved at nextdata.com or by emailing hello at nextdata.com. I do encourage you to reach out to my good friend and awesome co-host in these episodes, Jamak. This specific episode is part of a longer interview I conducted with Jamak. The goal of these conversations is to dig deeper into specific topics rather than skimming the surface and to really discuss Jamak's views on the now and the future of data mesh. What is possible now? What can we do to set ourselves up for success? And what is her ideal picture in the future once we have the ways of working and the tooling more figured out? Hopefully you get some great insights as well as seeing another side of the funny and wonderful person behind the data mesh paradigm and next data. Please do also follow Jamak on LinkedIn and Twitter for more interesting insights and to keep an eye out on what she is working on. I think you'll be very interested. Max Corner 19.5, how does AI and ML change when trust is automatic and inherent? This episode is part of and the conclusion of the greater AI and ML conversation I had with Jamak, but it's super important to em- emphasize you know, just how crucial trust is, enough so that I created a separate quick episode on it. Not, not just trust in the data itself, but that there is easy access and there will be that going forward. A lot of the things we have done in data historically has been defensive in nature, especially grabbing a copy of the data now because who knows when you'll get access to it again. What if we can implicitly trust that there has been care and foresight in preparation of the data I found, that there is an owner I can ask if I'm confused or curious, that my access won't suddenly go away or that what's there won't suddenly change without my knowledge. ML and AI, the data scientists have done things in ways that made sense to their situation and challenges. What happens when we make trust inherent and automatic? What incremental value does that drive? Right now, by default, data scientists or any other data consumer, they have this posture that I don't trust the data Even if I get access to it, I don't know if I lose that access tomorrow. Just give it the damn data and I will copy it and I'll put it in my own, you know, feature store and then I'm free. You know, I have, I have a sense of control and freedom. And I, and I know that I have to do a ton of work to cleanse that data and make sense of it and make it look nice in a way that I can use it. So we've got to change that initially. We've got to create that bridge for people to trust. So give them high, give data scientists high quality data product 
give them the interfaces that they want. Don't tell them you've got to go to use, write a bunch of SQL queries to use this data. No, no, give them the Parquet interface that they love. Connect the data products to the, the Pandas or Sparks, whatever you know, libraries they use. Um, get them to trust the, whole, the system as a whole so they don't have to do that extra busy work. And once that's done, and once they've seen the value of um, using data as a product, then they take the bar further up and say, well, you know, we just produced this model that sits in the flow of the data and it produces this other data drive data sets, like all this scoring that you did. Why shouldn't that be a data product? So now let's give you the tool. You don't have to do a lot of extra work, but deploy your ML model in the context of a data product and add the additional rigor and discipline of sharing the metadata to make your data understandable and uh, and so on and plug into the to the rest of the ecosystem. I think that's probably the path that I see or I at least have seen work. Yeah, it's funny how often the more conversations I have, the more trust is is the word that people don't realize that they're bringing up over and over, but it just becomes. Nobody trusts the data for so many different reasons. They don't trust the quality. They don't trust that they're going to be able to continue to get access. They don't trust all of these different aspects and it holds us back so much. So, so much, you know, data contracts and all of that, when people go, this isn't incremental. And it's like, well, it is because literally you're putting down on paper how much you can trust this. We're making it, we're making this, you know, implicit of we're going to give you high quality data to explicit of no the completeness is is garbage because our source is external and their their completeness is garbage so this is what you're going to get what you're going to get but our accuracy level we're doing these you know that trust aspect it's psychological safety right when we we look at what are high performing teams like everybody that's done research on this high performing teams have the most psychological safety so if we want to use data well, we need to create psychological safety around it. And how is that such a, a, a nobody's talking about psychological safety of what data I can use? And it just feels like that that comes through all the time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was so fascinated by I did by the work that has been done around trust. And in fact, as part of the data mesh evolution, I did a ton of research on definition of trust and occasionally I refer to it um, as one of the sources being Rachel Botsman's work on defining that. And the, the, the most beautiful definition that I have seen is bridging the gap between what you know and what you don't know. Of course, when you don't know something, you don't know the provenance of the data. You don't know when last time it was changed. You, you, you don't even know what it means, the data that you've got, right? bridging that gap creates trust. Uh, that's one of the most, the simplest and most beautiful definitions that I have seen. And, and it, it has been applied in many different uh, disciplines, um, you know, in the discipline of identity, like how do I trust that you are Scott and, you know, um, and the fact how we, I, now I'm going to go down, sorry, the rabbit hole of decentralized identity, which is another, um, <laughs> you know, passion of mine, but currently shelved. Um, but, but yeah, so I think it has appeared in many, many aspects of our industry when we have to absolutely revisit it and, um, in, in the data space. And I'm really heartbroken when I hear these 
kind of solutions for data mesh, which is just a smear, a facade or a glass on top of all the mess that exists, right? Do do data pipelining the way you do today. Do data ownership the way you're doing today. Just let's, let, me, let me plug in a catalog or metadata management on top of, so give you some visibility as what's going on. And we call that a data mission and not thinking about right from the moment of inception of modeling data, writing the code for it, right from that moment, building trust, building all those um, fields and information and processes that make that a trustworthy um, entity. I mean, that's my mission, I suppose, the battle I want to fight, but um, it's, it's, it's hard to create trust as an after, you know, after the fact, artifact almost. Yeah, I, I think that's a great place to uh, to wrap here on, on this uh, conversation because I think exactly we we just have to get to a place of how can we have empathy with the other person as to why why they don't trust and that we aren't trying to do the strangler fig pattern on top of our entire architecture <laughs> where you know you don't build a second city on top of an old city right you say okay we're going to start fresh because if the foundation isn't there you don't and you just keep building on top of it to extract that value it's it's just never you're just creating more and more chaos for yourself when you finally do decide to kind of get in there and fix it so i i really love that approach so but jamak thank you again so much for your ever amazing insights and and just you know you being you so thank you so much (laughs) Thanks, Scott. And thank you for you being you and just uh, connecting people and flowing information and keeping us honest. Uh, it's, it was great chatting. Thanks again to Jamak for her time here today. Please follow her on LinkedIn and keep an eye out for interesting developments with what she's doing next. Thanks. <laughs>